welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 105. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you talking New York Jets football on the weekly pod, as we always do. Excited to get into today's episode. We have some voicemails to talk about, as per usual. We're going to talk about Zach Wilson and why Michael Carter showed him some love this week. But before all of that, just wanted to remind you, today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Promo code JETS20. Get 20% off and free shipping on anything you see on the website. The Lawnmower 4.0, a cult classic, one of my favorites that they offer. I've been using the Cologne. That's one that's in my heavy rotation as well. Join the millions of men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their male grooming needs. Like I said, you can go to their site, manscaped.com. Use my promo code JETS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself something nice, maybe a little lucky. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. That's the next holiday we could kind of promo a little bit. So take care of yourself. It's a, it's an important thing to do. Let's get into today's episode. Michael Carter with some very kind words about Zach Wilson. Let's talk about it. So he essentially says, and by the way, I've loved Michael Carter making the rounds. I think that's been, well, honestly pretty phenomenal um I, I i think he has a good personality i like to see him out there a little bit more and he had this quote on a podcast he says he's the perfect quarterback for the new york market he doesn't hear any noise it's cool no matter what you write it doesn't matter to him that's the mindset you have to have you have to in order to play quarterback in this town you're not going to be able to survive if you are reading every little thing and if it's something that you're going to struggle with dealing with all the different people and everything that they have to say, because people do talk a lot in this town. It's the biggest media market in the entire world. So if you are sitting there and reading and harping on everything, every little thing, it's not going to be a fun time for you. And I don't see that from Zach Wilson. And apparently his teammates don't either, which is another positive. Like, they, it seems like they trust him and they believe in him, which is good because obviously, I mean, he's a young kid, but he was a captain as a rookie. But if you remember, the pre-draft nonsense was, oh, that he wasn't a captain at BYU. He's not a leader. Well, you know, anything about BYU, they usually have these 26-year-old guys who go on these missions and come back and they're significantly older and the coaching staff favors the the older guys. It's That's number one. Number two is, oh, he's this privileged kid from Utah who's, you know, been a silver spoon kid. He's been handed everything. He's, what was it, like a four-car garage or whatever the hell the stupid narrative was. He's not going to be able to handle the pressures of New York. That's not, that's not, to me, that's not the biggest issue. That was a non-story from him this past year. What Zach Wilson has to work on and get better at is getting the ball out faster, processing faster. That's going to come with time, with reps. And he did get better with decision-making as the year went on. The interception numbers went away. The turnover numbers went way down. Uh, went the last five games of the year without an interception. I don't think we realize how big of a deal that was when you just look at Jets quarterbacks in the last, for however long back you want to go. Yeah, there, obviously he can't get sacked as many times as he did. And some of it was because he held onto the ball too long and was trying to make things happen. But I think the more reps you get, 
the more likely that is to go away, right? That That's the ultimate goal here is to get those things to go away. And Michael Carter coming out and, and voicing his belief in Zach is a good thing. And, you know, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is if he's able to take that year two leap uh, and get better because if he if he doesn't that's a major issue if he's not getting better but uh at least i think the headspace and the mindset is right he's a hard worker everyone knew that uh unless you were trying to come up with a a narrative that didn't exist um but if you just listened or, or read anything about the kid you know how hard he worked at byu and it seemed to translate at the nfl level and these these are positive things these are all traits that i want from my quarterback so the only other thing you can possibly say now is, all right, now show me on the field. And that kind of goes into the whole conversation we get into every single week. You have to leave no shadow of a doubt or no question mark about Zach Wilson going forward. So it can't be, oh, well, yeah, he struggled, but the offensive line wasn't any good. Or, yeah, he struggled, but they didn't have any weapons or there weren't any tight ends or they didn't have any running backs. No, that, that excuse has to go out the window this year. So you have to load up on weapons for him. Need multiple new tight ends, more at the wide receiver position, more on the offensive line, more on the offense in general, and get after it. You can't be satisfied with the 21st overall offense in football. You have to get that into the top half of the league. And whatever else happens, happens. Um, but I absolutely love the conversation of Zach Wilson is the perfect quarterback for New York. That made me excited to hear that his teammates believe that. And I hope we see it in 2022. That to me is probably the most uh, important thing in 2022. Yeah, wins would be nice. Obviously, I want to see that win total go up to 8, 9, 10 in that range. Um, but Zach Wilson getting better is the most important thing for the future of this team. And I think if he does improve, you are going to see some more wins in the win column there. Touchdown passes have to go up. Interception numbers stay low, please. Turnover numbers stay low, please. Get the yardage numbers up. And get after it, man. I think more weapons will help that. So that's just my little take on Zach Wilson being the perfect quarterback for New York. We're going to get into your voicemails now. Let's get us started. Will from Dallas, Texas will get us started. Let's do it, my friend. Hey, Matt. Will calling from Dallas. Uh, I called in earlier, but... I swear every other week I call in, you make a video about the question I ask. <laughs> it's just you being Love it. at your job, I guess. But I swear it happens all the time. But I want to talk about Odell Beckham. There's a sure. there's a rumor that he'd be willing to come to the Jets. He wants to return to New York. And I know a lot of people are going to be against it, but I like Odell. I really do. Uh, I, think, I think he's a solid number one option. He takes a lot of pressure off of Corey Davis. You saw how he kind of did it with the uh, Cooper Cup. Um, and once Cooper Cup was gone, or once Odell went down, Cooper Cup saw a lot more double teams and the Super Bowl and all that. But I still think he's a solid number one. I think a lot of what happened in Cleveland is, is to be blamed on Baker. Um, he obviously outperformed, overperformed what we thought he could do with the Rams. And I think he'd be a good signing. I think he'd be – I don't think he's much of a distraction as people think he is since leaving New York. He hasn't really done much to warrant that distraction locker room cancer since he left the Giants. And I, I think he's matured a little bit. And that's just my personal opinion. I think Odell would be a good fit. I think he provides that, that 
crisp route running. He gives you a deep threat. He he, he can play all, all over the field. He can go over the middle, go deep. He can get that short intermediate route. And gives, it gives Wilson like a like an athletic receiver, and it also gives a lot of flexibility in the draft to be able to go maybe O-line, edge, edge, O-line, uh, maybe both defense, maybe get you an edge and a, and a linebacker. I don't know. Give me your thoughts. I know you're you're not the biggest fan of Odell, um, but yeah, just want to give your th- just want to hear your thoughts. And uh, as always, go Jets. So this is a complicated one because Odell is obviously a really good player, um, injured in the Super Bowl, uh, so he's going to have some recovery time on the injury. I worry about him coming back to New York, um, and I know it's a different situation, obviously, with the Giants and and the Jets, but. Um, I, I just worry about him being such a focal point and stealing headlines. And I know that's probably not a great reason to avoid a, a good player. I don't know. I just, that's not my preferred option to go with on this, on this team um, or Bill when building out the roster. Um, I just don't, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it's hard for me to give you an answer because at the same time, like, yeah, Odell is a really good receiver. He's proven that with both the Giants and now the Rams. I think the Rams are going to take care of him. I think he stays there, so I don't think it's going to matter at the end of the day. But I, just, I would just be worried about him coming back to New York and the, the media scrutiny and stuff like that. It takes a toll. It's just it's a lot to deal with. Um and I just don't know if it's worth the headache. Again, he's a really good player, so it's hard for me to be like mad at that. I guess if that was an uh, an option, but I think I'd be surprised if the Jets went that way. It just doesn't seem like a Joe Douglas move. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just doesn't feel like a Joe Douglas move to me. We're gonna go. Who's up next? Jeffrey in New Jersey. What would a disappointing off season look like? Okay. We could talk some disappointment. We could do that. Hey, Matt, it's Jeffrey from New Jersey, and I got a quick question for you. So what do you think it would take for the Jets to have a terrible offseason and, you know, you would know for sure that they are not making the playoffs at all? Like what free agent signings and what draft picks would it take for you to consider this a real disappointment of an offseason? Thank you, Matt, and uh, have a great one. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, I think it would be if they were very frugal again in uh, free agency. That that would be a little disappointing. So if they tried to attack all of their needs through the NFL draft, um, didn't really bring in any impact veterans, um, pretty much tried to run it back with the same receiving core. Uh, so like just pretty much just retain Braxton Barrios and your main three guys would be more Berrios and Corey Davis with little depth after that. Um, if they ignore tight end again, that would be a massive, massive, massive oversight. Um, if they bring back essentially the same unit on the offensive line, that would be frustrating. Um, if they don't address edge at any point, that would be frustrating. Um, I think if they went out of their plan and ended up going like secondary early in the draft, 
um, and the reason behind why I think that would be frustrating is because it would be a kind of against the plan that they've been building here for the last couple of years. Um, so while, yeah, you could probably find like solid, solid players early on, it's just, it would kind of go against, um, again, what I think they would be building here, which is just a little bit of just annoying, I guess. Um, there's many ways where I think you can have a successful off season without having, you know, to, there's not one blueprint, I guess is a better way of wording it to have a successful off season, but I don't think you could be conservative and free agency again uh i i definitely think that you have to make improvements on the offense so you give your young quarterback a shot and continue to get after or bring in pieces to help you get after the quarterback if they fail at that then it would be a a non-successful offseason in my eyes before we get into the next voicemail i want to talk to you about versus it's a really cool app that i just started using versus game it's a lot of fun essentially you could create a game uh, like this one. I'll play it for you right now, actually. Question, I will be talking hockey. The New York Rangers play the Washington Capitals this Thursday. So my question for you is, in that game, will Chris Kreider score for the New York Rangers? I'm leaning towards yes. I think he will. He's having a career year in the goal-scoring department. He's up over 30 goals already on the year, and he just seems to find his way in front of the net, put himself in good spots to score goals. I think he gets one do you vote yes or no below and play? So essentially what you do is you ask a question on an event. I'm a sports guy, so I'm doing it with sports. Uh, and I am talking about the Rangers-Capitals game on Thursday. We're doing a little New York sports theme. We're going to keep these coming in the pods over the next few weeks. Uh, and pretty much all you have to do is yes or no. And you can play for money, uh, which is cool. And if you get your answer right, then then you win. And if not, oh well, you move on. Uh, but it's been a ton of fun. Click the link down below in the description and in the comments to to play the game uh, and sign up. It's been a blast. I just started using it uh, and I'm going to do more questions. It's all going to be New York sports based. Uh, unfortunately, no more football season, so I can't do any Jets questions or any football questions right now. Uh, but it's all just it's a fun time. I found myself just scrolling through and playing along with these games. There's pop culture games, sports, politics on there. Uh, it's definitely worth your while to check out. So I'm going to be doing more New York sports-based stuff. Uh, but it's versus game. And uh, sign up to play and uh, have some fun with it. It's a good time. Let's go to Travis up next. He is calling in from Ohio. And uh, we're going to talk about Joe Douglas. All right, let's do it, Trav. Hey, Matt. What up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Hey, buddy. Missed you. Sorry, long time no call. But I've been listening to all your shit, and it's still phenomenal. Like it always uh, has been. Thank you, buddy. Um, keep on trucking, buddy. Um, I wanted to bring up everybody criticizing Joe Douglas, because I know it seems like I've been a Joe Douglas apologist for years now. <laughs> but look at year one. He didn't have a rookie draft. He came in after the draft, after McCagnon's botched picks. So then he gets Ryan Khalil out of retirement to try to salvage something, and he missed. Okay, whatever. Then he had to deal with Le'Veon Bell's contracts, and uh, oh, he was the corner, a goofball corner that we cut and was horrible and never lived up to it. He was. 
Anyway, he hasn't signed guys like that. Like you can you can say sign some bad free agents, sure. Lawson, unfortunate injury. Um, not a super max contract though. He hasn't signed for anybody for over twenty million dollars. I mean that Lawson's his biggest contract so far. That's true. And most guys he signs to one year deals, prove it deals, or you can get out after one year. So, anyway, and then look at year two. Year two, the COVID apocalypse happened. No combine. You can't talk to the guys in person. Like, okay, we're in hindsight now, I thought it was a good draft when it happened, and I called in and said that. But you didn't get to truly scout the players. So, I'll, I'll give them a pass for the first two years. Then he knocks it out of the park with last year's draft, and we'll see on Zach Wilson, but, like, I don't know. We've we've seen everybody else that came before him, and that way did not work, and he isn't spending crazy money, and he's trying to build it through the draft, which we have not done since Parcells. So, anyway, love you, buddy. Missed you, and uh, go Jets. Thank you for (laughs) Travis. Good to hear from you. Glad you're doing well. Appreciate you calling in as always, my friend. I think it's an interesting topic to bring up now in Joe Douglas's tenure as a jet. But uh, while I agree with most of the things that you were saying, and I would classify myself as a Joe Douglas guy, I think it's fair to start expecting more from him. Um, Which I'm not saying that you, you weren't. I think you were just talking about the ones who are so, very clearly against him, which I don't think you could really say or do. I mean, to me, he's already been significantly better than the last two in McCagnin and Idzik, which is a very, very low bar to clear. The trades that he's made have been phenomenal. Uh, The 2021 draft class looks good. 2020, a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks. Um, which is sad because after their first year, it looked like it was going to be a pretty good draft with Becton and Mims. And then both of them, I mean, Becton didn't play this year, essentially. And, and Mims was, well, not very good when he did play this year. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, and free agency, I think he has to be a little bit more aggressive. That would be my biggest critique of him so far is um, maybe a little bit too stingy in free agency for my taste. I'm not saying, you know, go spend like a drunken sailor like Mike McCagden, but a a little bit more emphasis on adding some serious talent in free agency would be a big plus. And then um, I would also say his ignorance to the tight end room and kicking situation for so long are my other biggest critiques, but um, for the most part, I'm in, I'm in lockstep with you. I think he's done a pretty good job. I think he obviously deserves more time and we'll get that, but the Jets have to take a serious step up in their competitive level this year in 2022. And if they don't, then I think you're going to start to see some serious conversations about moving on. I'm not saying that they are definitely doing that if they have a bad 2022, but it's going to start to become a conversation because, you know, it doesn't take 10 years to 
rebuild. It may feel that way because of how wrong the Jets have done it, but you have to start to be a little bit more competitive than that. Let's go Nick from Washington, D.C. up next. He's got some mock draft talk for us Ooh, with a heavy focus on offense. Okay. Hey, Matt. It's Nick from D.C. So I just wanted to call with a perspective mock draft that is kind of just a thought experiment. And I say thought experiment because I'm basically proposing what if the Jets just said F it and went all offense the first four picks and I'll kind of give like a semi-reasonable uh, mock draft for that. So at, at four, we go Icky Aquano. At 10, we go Traylon Burks. I think he's a stud. At 35, we go Trey McBride. And at 38, we go with Zion Johnson. And so the reason I proposed this draft is because it's definitely just a fun thing to think about where it's just it's put up or shut up for Zach Wilson. I'm not saying he has to, you know, <laughs> have a, you know, Justin Herbert type season in year two. I'm not saying that, but it would be a, Zach, you, you, you got to prove more than what you did last year because try to, co- I mean, just think about trying to cover all of those weapons with McBride and Burks and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. And if we bring back Braxton Berrios or go out and find someone or yep. bring in Dalton Schultz, I mean, I mean, God almighty, and that offensive line between Stant, Becton, Aquano, Zion Johnson, even LBT, Connor McGovern. I mean, that is a, that is a stacked offensive line in terms of where it used to be. And the reason I, I bring this up is like, sure, it probably won't happen because we need to bolster up the defense. I mean, God, given our depth and our injury history, I feel like you, your dog Casey will be playing Will Linebacker <laughs> by week seven. I hope so. But she could run. It is fun to think about a just, you know what, let's just get this kid as developed as possible in year two. And I'm not saying we throw away year two because it is time this team makes a leap, but we do have to remember that this regime is kind of in, in only in year two. And I, I think uh, we're definitely getting some, some Jets fatigue where it's like we haven't seen a real team since like 2015. So let's give this regime just a little bit of time. Anyway, just give me your thoughts on that mock draft. But uh, anyway, go Jets. Yeah, I love the emphasis on the offense. I just don't think I would go two offensive linemen with the first four picks. I, one of them is good. If you're going to mix in a, a defensive player, maybe edge, right, or linebacker at that point uh, in the second round, or depending on who's there, maybe a safety in the second round, that's when you could start having that conversation, second, third, fourth round, somewhere in that window probably. Um, and the reason behind it, because then you're saying – so if Aquanu plays, let's say he he's comes in and he's going to be a right guard. Are you then cutting Connor McGovern and having Zion Johnson start and move over and start at center? I guess you could do that, but Connor McGovern really did have a good second half of the season and looked um, much better after a little bit of a slow start um, early on in the year. Maybe part of it was because of how bad Greg Van Roten was next to him. Because then if you're not, if you're saying, no, let's keep Connor McGovern, because that is someone that you talked about in the voicemail, then you're essentially having a top 40 pick sit in either Zion Johnson, who would be either pick 35 or 38, or Iquanu, who would be pick four, which obviously I don't think you're going to use your fourth overall pick and just sit him. So um, that would be my only critique of going two offensive linemen that early. 
I like where your mind is at, though, at making life easier for your young quarterback. Like, obviously, agree. You're not going to get me to complain about that. Um, but if I had to come up with a gripe, it would that would be my takeaway. If that make if that makes sense to you. But I hear you, man. They can't be satisfied on offense, and you need to get some more weapons in there. That's for damn sure. Good news, Jet fans. I have exclusive content for you at patreon.com slash Matt O'Leary and why a $5 subscription gets you a ton of new content that's only available to subscribers. For instance, you have the player cards available from the 2021 season. They will update during the 2022 season to keep track of player progress. I will also do player write-ups on the NFL draft and on free agency, including those cards and during the season as well. And with these cards, I could do so much more data visualization that will be exclusive only to you. Secondly, why should you subscribe? You're already getting the player cards, which is a bonus. You're also getting the write-ups, which is good. But the first 100 subscribers will be entered to win a jersey giveaway. Pick a Jets jersey of your choice, and I will ship it to you. No extra charge, nothing like that. So subscribe today, patreon.com slash Matt O'Leary NY, and get yourself some bonus New York Jets content. Lucas is calling from Connecticut next, and he wants to talk about Joe Douglas and if he is just unable to extend players. Hey, Matt. My name is Lucas. Uh, I'm from Connecticut. Um, first off, yeah, I'm the kid that always come, comes in and uh, says, let's go Rangers, and I was commenting on your live stream. <laughs> um, but I just want your thoughts on this. Um, it's really becoming a concern to me, Joe Douglas's inability to uh, extend players. I mean, you know, it started – with Jamal Adams, which, you know, we all love that trade right now, but still, when that was going on, we all wanted him back. And, you know, there's a bit of a red flag that he wasn't able to extend uh, his best player. And then we saw Robbie Anderson, which he even said it was a mistake not bringing him back. And then, you know, he had an 1,100-yard season. And now we're seeing with Marcus May and Braxton Berrios. So do you think that's a realistic thing to be concerned about, that four players that fans wanted back their big parts of the team it looks like well two of them are gone one's basically gone and the other one Barrios is good chance he's gone and honestly could go back to the Patriots really like your thoughts on this and uh go Rangers and Sean Avery's the uh, greatest NHL player of all time oh the Sean Avery one got me if you don't know Lucas um me and Sean Avery had beef on Twitter he was in my dms um talking smack to me once because uh, I made a joke about his arrest in the Hamptons and he did not like that at all. We actually had a phone conversation, not lying. 100% hand up, honest on swear on anything that is holy to me. Sean Avery called me and asked where I live. True story. It happened. And then for my birthday, my friends got me a cameo from him, which I don't think he had any recollection of who I was, but he is a wild man. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, he was going to have me on the podcast and ask why I was a troll, which I wasn't. Um, I was making I was making a joke on, on Twitter like, I don't know, people do. But anyway, story for another day. The only one so far that I think you could have a case with is Robbie because he had significant success after leaving. Jamal, they were never going to pay the $20 million a year that he wanted. And he was trying to force his way out. So I don't think we could really use Jamal. Marcus May didn't help himself 
with uh, all the antics with his agent. And age plays a factor in with Marcus May. He's going to be 29 years old already, getting his first contract. Um, Braxton, you don't know yet. If the conversations with Braxton's really at $9 million a year, which I don't believe that number to be true, but let's play that it is, for example, here. You can't do that. You can't pay him, who's someone who's probably going to be your wide receiver for, $9 million a year. If you get him back for five, six at the most, okay. You could live with that because what he gives you on special teams and how he's really good depth for you. But I think the only one where you can have a legitimate case for was thinking Brashad Perryman was going to be a equal replacement to Robbie Anderson. Um, and Robbie wasn't good this past year. Maybe he bounces back. I think he probably does away from Sam, but um, I don't see that issue because it hasn't been a young player who wants to be here who is in their prime, except for maybe Robbie. You can maybe make the case for him, but even I think that's a fringe one. I'm not concerned about it yet. We will see if I am concerned about it after this year, depending on what else happens here. Next up, we are going to go with Jeremy. And he wants to talk about a whole different, a whole lot of different stuff. Let's do it, man. Hey, Matt O'Leary. It is NFL chaos with Jeremy. And hey, man, we're running out of time. I got till March 30th. I got to hit 500 subs so I can give away five of your boycott the beat t-shirts. And because that, the reason I have to do it by March 30th is because I'm going to donate an extra $100 to St. Jude. Yes. So let's, everybody out there, you got so many people. we got to get there. Buy them. we got to get there March 30th. I mean, don't make me have to extend the date because you know I want to write that $100 check guy away. But still, hey, question. Um, have you How much soft gardener tape have you watched? Dude, I was just watching like three of his uh, – three videos of him that are out there and – Last year, we would have been drooling and salivating after this guy. And I know people are saying we have bigger needs than cornerback, and our secondary was was holding down. But uh, how would you feel if we took him? Because if you look at the tape, this guy is the real deal. He's a shutdown CB1. So I was just curious about your take on that. And, of course, I wanted to get that out there about the um, the subscriptions to my channel because, yes. hey, man, it's St. Jude for the children. Thank you, Jeremy. It's really a good cause. If you haven't subbed up to Jeremy NFL Chaos, you should. Great guy. He's always in the in the chats. Uh, he's always mixing it up in the chats. He's he's starting to dabble in content as well. So if you want some extra content, man, definitely check him out. He knows his stuff, and uh, it's for a good cause too. Obviously, with uh, St. Jude's, we did the giveaway. Um, or excuse me, he's doing the giveaway. We did the. Um, when I originally launched the merch back, it was at December. I think we donated to uh, St. Jude's, which was awesome. Love that. Um, it's Like I said, it's a really good cause. So it's worthwhile to check out. And plus, you're getting good content with it. Uh, Sauce Gardner, I like a lot. To me, he is the be- I think he's the best cornerback in this class. I like him better than Derek Stingley. That's going to be a hot take for some. But I really am concerned with Derek Stingley's injury history. Uh, D Milner sticks out to me and I don't know if that's fair. Maybe it's just me being scorned by old cornerbacks passed by the New York Jets here. But, uh, I, I would, I like sauce Gardner. If the Jets did take a cornerback at 10 and it was Gardner, that would lessen the blow for me a little bit. I still don't think they are going to do it, 
But I wouldn't be mad if they did because I see the potential there. I think he is, like I said, I think he's the best corner in this class. Um, I personally just don't see the Jets going with a corner or anyone in the secondary in the first round. I think we are more likely to see offensive line, edge, wide receiver. I think those are the positions that I have circled. If they move back, maybe a linebacker like Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean. But I would be surprised if they go off the board, so to speak, with and not that Gardner would be a bad pick at 10. That's probably where he's going to. I would assume he's going in the top 15 somewhere uh, and very well has a chance to be the first cornerback to come off the board. But it's more so I just don't think that's what Joe Douglas and the Jets are going to do. So thank you so much, Jeremy. Appreciate all the love and support that you give us. And uh, let's give it back to Jeremy. He's deserving of it. We're going to close out with Tyler calling in from West Virginia. He wants to talk about potentially moving up in the NFL draft. Okay, can we do that? Hey, Matt. Tyler in West Virginia. Hey, man, got an interesting scenario for you. I know a lot of people have discussed this, but really haven't dove too much in depth with this um, particular question, draft day scenario. So, hey, man, get this. What about if the Jaguars select number one offensive tackle, Evan Neal, and then at two, the Detroit Lions draft their guy, Aiden Hutchison. Three, the Houston Texans are not set in stone going with any particular player. I mean, there's, there's rumors that they love Kyle Hamilton. I mean, they could go tackle as well, and obviously Kayvon Thibodeau. But in that case and scenario, why wouldn't Joe Douglas and Sala want to move up with a willing trade partner like Texans, you know, like they've already basically discussed that they're willing to move out of three? Why would we not move up to three, get our corner edge stone, you know, why would we not get that? I mean, why would we not want to go out there and get the best player in the draft, Kayvon Thibodeau? So my question to you is, what would you feel comfortable with giving up to move up that one spot, and or what's it going to take Sala and Joe Douglas to move up to that? In case that were to be our thought process on draft night, I, me personally, I think it's a no-brainer. But anyways, Matt, yeah man appreciate it um it's an interesting point because a lot of people have brought it up with the potential of trading up and you have you have the capital to do it so if you really wanted Kayvon and wanted to make sure that he was going to be there which i think more than likely he is going to be there at three and there's a chance he could be that at four i really think the first two picks are going to end up being evan neal and aiden hutchinson which means that KT would be there at three. So I'm using, so Draft Tech, they have the NFL trade value chart for the different draft positions. And pick three holds, it goes on a point system if you don't know. First pick is worth 3,000, and then it goes down ever so slightly after that. Pick three is worth 2,200, and pick four is worth 1,800. So there's essentially 400 points that the Jets would have to make up to move up that one spot. Pick 38 is worth 520. So that's pretty close to being fair. Uh, pick 35 is 550. So I would assume that if you're Houston, in order to fall back one spot, 
you're probably going to need one of those second round picks also, which seems like a lot um, because it is. But yeah, um, I don't know if I would do it. I might just stay there and do whatever. Like if Iki Aquanu's there, take him. If Kayvon Thibodeau's there, take him. Um, I don't know if I am trading up to lock myself into getting um, Kayvon Thibodeau. If they do, Okay, like I said, I could kind of, I see it. I understand where they're coming from here. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that it's uh, a lock that they have to do that. Um, it's an interesting conversation, though. I, I've seen it before, too. Someone also mentioned trading up to two, which is 2,600, which is probably going to be, uh, I would assume, pick eight pick four, pick 10, and then like Detroit's second rounder, something like that might be able to get it done. I would expect the Jets to stay put at four and take someone there. If they are to move any of the picks, I think it would be uh, pick 10 and it would be moving back. But I don't see them moving back past like 20, which is where Pittsburgh is. Um, the Eagles is a team that gets brought up a lot. Um Pittsburgh gets brought up. Any team that you think may possibly need a quarterback because Washington, the commanders, are pick 11. Uh, so someone might want to hop up in front of them and take somebody. The Ravens get brought up a lot with potentially trading up for a corner. Um, who else? The Saints, maybe. It's really all dependent on what happens with this quarterback class, which it's not a very good one. Someone falls in love with the quarterback. Again, maybe they want to move up, but. If Denver's not involved in the trade market, which I think they will be, then maybe they take a quarterback before that. But someone could look to trade up, I guess. So that's going to do it for me on this episode. Please make sure to follow along on social media. Appreciate all the love and support. It's an absolute blast doing this show. We talked about a whole bunch of different stuff this week on the channel. Uh, this upcoming week, we're going to try to get back into free agency because that's going to be here before we know it. So we got to do some more positional breakdowns. So far, we have done... Uh, tight end. We've done offensive line and uh, we got to mix in some more. We did safety. We have to mix in some more positions here. Corner is going to come to mind. Linebacker edge, maybe wide receiver, maybe running back. Uh, but we have some more positions to get into here because that's rapidly approaching. It's kind of crazy how quick the NFL offseason goes and it's our time to shine. The NFL offseason is the absolute best. It's one of my favorite things to do. Now, I would like to talk about more things during the season because um, that's what really matters here, right, is wins and losses. But I mean, just peek behind the curtain. The best the best time for the channel. The channel always does the best in the offseason, especially around free agency in the draft. Um, so this is my time to really get after it. Appreciate all the love and support. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe wherever you get the show, whether it's on YouTube or in audio form. Leave a comment or a review. Really helps me out. And like I said, I appreciate the support. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.